0: Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. to the afterlife in a really positive way. Uh, the reason I say it that way is because soteriology is not just exclusive to Christians. Uh, there are other faiths out there that have the same kind of thought process, but from a different standpoint, obviously. Now, this particular session deals with with the decision. So the first part, part one, dealt with the problem, that being sin, which is the cancer. I mean the terminal cancer that we get, persin figuratively speaking, spiritually, which uh, once you get it, it's incurable, and it condemns the person to an afterlife without God in a really bad place now sin is something that uh, is the world is as permeated with I mean the entire planet has it Um, part of that had to do with with Adam's work, unfortunately. But it also has to do with our own decisions. Because sin, no matter how small, once you understand that you're doing something wrong, and you're doing it anyway, boom. You're done. You've been bit. And after that, it's fatal. Spiritually fatal, that is. And sometimes sin can, you know, definitely be physically fatal, too. You rob a store and get shot. Yeah. But anyway. Now, God's solution, of course, was an infinite sacrifice for an infinite problem. And that was Jesus. Now, the issue now has to do with the decision part and the decision part is really it's very straightforward oddly enough but it's also kind of tricky from this standpoint um the decision part is really where Satan starts messing with people's heads um And all kinds of games start occurring in the brain. Games of the brain. And the complication is... uh, Is this. And this is Satan's number one. Not his only, but number one tool. That he liked to use it on Eve in the garden millennia ago. And that is... He likes to say, Did God really say that? Is that really what you heard? And then people think, Well, you know, <clears throat> so and then and then you, you all of a sudden rationalization starts coming in. And you say, Well, I'm not a bad person. I'm not a bad person. I you know you know, you know, I'm not perfect, but I'm not the I'm not a bad person. But here's the thing, it's not about good or bad, it's about godly and ungodly, and by godly I mean a relationship with Jesus, because again, it sin kills everything it touches. So if you made even the smallest Mistake. It gets in you, and then boom, it's cancer forever, and you're gone from that from that standpoint. And, and, and that sounds very unfair. I'll, you know, a lot of people point that out. That's just completely screwed up. That's unfair. Why is that? Well, you know, partially it's because we have decisions. And we make decisions, bad ones and good ones. Unfortunately, when you violate God's teaching, his instruction in the Bible, uh, it has uh, ramifications, consequences. And I believe uh, there is a verse that says, for the wages of sin is death, like I said, um, it, it it may sound a, it may sound unfair, but it, but, but it happens. <laughs> I mean, and it's happened it happens to everyone on the planet. Everyone. I remember hearing a story of a girl who, um, if I remember right, she was this twelve year old girl, and she was playing barefoot. At a friend's house. And, uh, On the carpet. And I think maybe she... Maybe scraped herself something on, or on her foot. Okay? Scraped her foot on the carpet. You know, a little carpet burn or something of that nature. But she ended up getting... One of those really resistant, vicious bacteria that you can't hardly kill and it just ate her up and unfortunately it took her life and that's a horrible story but sin is a lot like that Everything it seems so innocent you know gee so innocent but it works that same way the only power that can remove and heal sin completely, wipe it away, is is Jesus? Now, the decision, uh, the decision that people come to, of course, you know, there's there's always the comparison. Well, I'm not as bad as that guy or that lady, you know. Gee, so God wouldn't send me to hell. And here's another thought process too people um, are under the impression that God gets jollies out of sending people to hell. Uh, That's not what he says. Uh, In the book of Jeremiah, he says, I do not uh, delight in the destruction of the wicked. And a wicked is... Not you know, not it's kind of a King James term, but but the thing is, is it's not someone who's habitually just just crazy, it's someone who has sin in them. Because God is ultimately pure, He's the purest light on the planet, so approaching God with sin in you is like hugging an active volcano. It just burns you a lot. Why is it because the volcano hates your guts? No, it's because you cannot approach a volcano without being prepared. So the issue is, you gotta get the sin taken care of, and the only cure is Jesus. Now, why do I know that? Why do I say that? And and this is this is something that's that's a little different. Okay, that is different and not a little different but a lot different from this perspective first of all there's a lot of thought processes out there that, that well I just don't understand why uh, people think Jesus is the exclusive way to heaven well mainly it's because he said so um, he said I am the way the truth in the life, no one comes to the Father but by me. And who knows a Father? Who knows a Father better than a Son? He also said that. So here is the thing: the decision, you know, is the point where we realize, Holy Toledo, I got, I got a really issue. I got, a, I got a huge problem. This is going to kill me. Now, let's look at some verses. And uh, in Romans, chapter 10, uh, I'm going to start in verse 5. And uh, I'm going to read a little bit in here. So, It starts this way. It says, For Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down, or who will ascend into the abyss. That is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, even your mouth and in your heart. In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. Now, for verse 12 there is no distinction between Jew and Greek and for the same Lord is Lord of all bestowing his riches on all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved now here's where things is this things are a little different and it and, or I keep saying a little. That's quite a big difference. But the the issue is this. Jesus wants a relationship. God wants a relationship with everyone. He wants that. He wants that very, very, very much. He wants it more than anything. In fact, he wanted it so much, he sent his only son here to die and be raised again to take care of the sin problem that we have. And he didn't have to. He didn't have to. The biblical record says he wiped the blooming world out once and just took a handful of people and then started over. So he didn't have to do that. He wanted to. Again, in Jeremiah, he says, "I do not delight in the destruction of the wicked." He it doesn't give God jollies when people go to hell. Now, does, now here's 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 a little thing: Does God send people to hell, or do they send themselves to hell? I think the answer to that is yes. And that's going to sound kind of screwy, but let me uh, let me explain. If the only relationship we will allow God to have is Creator and Judge, if that's all, God, I don't care if He exists or not. You know, go knock yourself silly, butt a stump, pound sand. I don't care. I'm going to do my own thing. And then you die and you're standing in front of them. The only option you gave or that someone would give God in that situation is judge. And if you got sin in you, you're done. It's the end. And by end, I don't mean annihilation. I mean death. And death is separation from God for eternity. Which is a horrible thought. Now, Uh, Do I believe there is a fire involved? Yes, I do. There are people that believe differently. C.S. Lewis had a different kind of thought process on that. But but I'm going to tell you, no matter what thought process comes down the pike, uh, it's horrifying. So, anyway, the decision is... Yeah, and and is for everyone, everyone on the planet, because you have to look at yourself and ask. You know, because people say, you know, well, you know, what's different about you know this this religion, this religion, the difference in this situation is, is we call Christianity a religion, but it's really, it's really more of a relationship. Because what happens is when you accept Jesus and Jesus makes you his, he turns you into a whole new person. It is a complete transformation of the inside, of the spiritual everything that you've got. And from that moment, he puts the Spirit of God in you. And at that moment, you have a relationship with him. And you're part of the kingdom of God as family. your family. You become family immediately. And then God, the God of the universe that made everything, every star in the sky we see at night, everything, wants to get to know you better. Because you belong to him and he cares for you and he is a family. Father. he's a good father not a father that, that, that jollies in making you suffer not one of those kind of fathers but a father that will teach and train and love and reward and wants to see you succeed that kind of father and Jesus becomes lord of all now the decision is to accept them now now what's involved and I'll be very honest their Christian denominations go back and forth on this a lot well they got to do this they got to do this they have to be baptized they have to the process being is you can be in the blooming desert in the middle of nowhere and accept Jesus as your Savior. And be saved and sealed with God forever. Amen. Now, do you need to get baptized? There are many different thought processes as to the what baptism means. Okay? But let me just say this. From me to you. Jesus was baptized himself and he did it to fulfill the law. The teaching. The teaching of God. If he did it, I, we have to do it too. And the good news is, as far as I know, you only have to do it once. But it is, it, there's many things that people I mean and some people believe if you're not baptized and it's not baptized a certain way and then it doesn't work. I'm not gonna go there. What I'm going to say is this, it's important to, to, to be baptized and the, the baptism itself is also a proclamation of you showing people it's a demonstration God, Jesus demonstrated his love to us and while we were yet sinners he still died and he asks us to demonstrate he says "If you're ashamed of me before people I'm going to be ashamed of you before God the Father I don't want Jesus to be ashamed of me so you get baptized now you know, there's all kinds of thought processes well I was baptized when I was an infant I do think that baptism itself needs to happen under a conscious thought process. Jesus was not baptized as an infant. Why was that? Well, he was Jewish for, for first of all, but uh, the other thing was, is you know he was older when he got baptized. So, and it was a conscious decision he made. I think that we need to follow suit. Now, at that point, though, everything, everything for that person starts new. And I would encourage anyone who is listening to this and hasn't made that decision to make it. Now, can you wait? Can you wait? yeah, you can wait but it says today is the day of salvation I mean, it, it, the, the Bible really emphasizes doing that decision as soon as possible, why is that? because you can't tell what's going to happen to you I mean, no matter how young or old you are it's bananas some road rage maniac may end up doing something stupid and running three curbs and hitting you in the car. Or, for crying out loud, g- going right through the wall of your house or something, or your apartment. You know, I, it just, you never can tell, so. But, we tend to lean really hard on all kinds of the horrible stuff that can happen to you. Here's what I'm going to say also. Don't Waste a day, a minute, without knowing the most loving, caring individual in the universe. And that is Jesus the Messiah and his Father. And let him show you how wonderful the Father is. That's robbing you of of, of super important time where your life can be absolutely being changed and there's millions of testimonies, I mean just millions now um, let me finish up by saying this that uh, years ago there was a book written by a guy by the name of Josh McDowell and he and uh, It was called More Than a Carpenter. I encourage you to get it. It's an older one. But basically, Josh McDowell says, Jesus is either a liar, a lunatic, or he's the Lord. And I believe he had a really tough handle on it. And I I like Josh. From that perspective. He's right. There's no way to accept Jesus any other way. Other than the way he's presented. And the reason I say that is. Because everyone said, well he was a really good man. Well, if he was lying to people. No, he wasn't. He wasn't at all. And so if he's an actual liar that's pretty he's a, a pretty heinous liar and no he's not a good person and then there are people who say well he of—he he really believed this about himself you know so he said, well, maybe he's Meshuganah in head, you know but look yeah, being a lunatic doesn't make it any better it was he nuts was he crazy but all of the documentation that we've got and I encourage you to look at it I mean look at it and don't look at the weird garbage that, that um, a lot of theologians are trying to do to twist and stuff because again they're getting back in to this thought process of well did, did God really say that? Did no. Jesus really say that? And so they're doing that stuff Instead look at the Bible in its entirety look at the the gospels and read some research on it read some of the documentation lee strobel has documentation uh, josh mcdowell has documentation a ton of people they have documentation but there's also isaac asimov had some documentation as well there are some non-believers out there also bertram russell he had some documentation he had some thought processes he was an English philosopher and he said here's why I'm not a Christian but I can tell you that if you truly as objectively as possible not with a bunch of hand baggage going in saying okay let me figure out why this is so screwed up if you do no if you can do this and you can say no I'm just going to look at the documentation and see what it says and make your decision from there okay but read the account in the Bible. You wouldn't believe how many people criticize and say the Bible is a bunch of full of a bunch of garbage, and they 've never read it. they've never actually dug in and examined it really hard. They've never done that. I'm not saying they all they're all like that. I'm just saying that many who have looked at it really hard and and tried to be as truthful to themselves as possible, not carrying baggage and, okay, let me figure out why they're so screwed up. No. Let the document talk to you. And then read other people's thought processes and then do that. But I can tell you the, the last option that Josh McDowell said is that And is that he's Lord. And I believe that. One million percent. So, with that thought in mind. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth bless all of your